Today is the Sunday after Christmas, and the appointed gospel reading for today is from the second chapter of Luke, beginning with the 23rd verse. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. Amen. When a child is born, it's the natural inclination of parents to think a great deal about the life which awaits their offspring. Parents worry about what the world will be like, the social, the political, the cultural, the economic factors that will be felt throughout their formative years. In fact, there are those who try to cite such concerns as an explanation for why they wish to forego having children at all. For example, a prominent congresswoman from New York recently claimed that environmental concerns were her reason for not wanting to be a mother. Sometimes the fears are comprehensible. Sometimes they're an excuse for self-indulgence. But overall, such worldly-mindedness does not overturn the divine commandment. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. But in the case of the Holy Family, no such concern existed. From the moment that the Blessed Virgin Mary knew that she would conceive and bear a son, she knew. Thus we read in Luke, the first chapter. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And this angelic word was again confirmed by that which St. Elizabeth said to Mary by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. For thus we read in Luke, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And as we were reminded again this past week, when the angels proclaimed the good news to the shepherds, the shepherds relayed to St. Mary all that which they saw and heard, 
And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. No, there was no doubt concerning that which would come to pass as the Lord fulfilled his word and accomplished the promised salvation. But St. Simeon spoke a word which told Mary what the birth of the Christ would mean in her own life. Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And the crucifixion and resurrection of the Christ continue to be an occasion by which the hearts of many are revealed. It is thus that the day of the Nativity is immediately followed by three saints' days, which highlight the martyrdoms which accompany the confession of the Christ. On December the 26th was the festival of St. Stephen, a deacon of the Apostolic Church, who was murdered outside the walls of Jerusalem, stoned to death by a mob of angry Jews, because he preached the truth of the salvation which is ours in Christ. Stephen declared to the Jews, You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you have now become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. He spoke to them in strong terms, but now not out of hatred, for even as they were murdering him, Stephen called out for the Lord to have mercy on those who were persecuting him imploring, Lord, do not charge them with the sin. St. John the Apostle and Evangelist is remembered with a festival on December the 27th, and though he did not give his life in martyrdom, still he suffered persecution and even exile for the sake of confessing the Christ. Indeed, he was the only one from among the ranks of the apostles to live to an old age, and that according to the promise of the Lord to him. Yesterday, the Church observed the Festival of Holy Innocence, commemorating the baby boys of the town of Bethlehem who were murdered by King Herod's soldiers who had been sent to murder the Christ child. For truly, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. The way of suffering for the sake of our confession is not something which was limited to one generation. Mohammedans beheaded 11 Christians in Nigeria on the festival day of St. Stephen. Their excuse was to claim that it was in revenge for the U.S. government killing the terrorist Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi in Syria in October. But we must recognize this for what it is. Muslims continue to murder Christians as they have done since the seventh century. And on this occasion, they did so with the unintended irony of massacring them on the festival day of the proto-martyr, St. Stephen. But this is only one of many instances this year in Nigeria alone. News reports say that Islamist Boko Haram and Fulani herdsmen have killed over a thousand Christians in Nigeria in 2019 alone. When we hear in the Gospel reading of St. Stephen's prophecy concerning Mary's grief and the sword which would pierce through her own soul also. We know that her suffering, her grief, were particular. The suffering of a mother for her son, 
when she knew that her son is the eternal Son of the Heavenly Father. In fact, seven sorrows of Mary have traditionally been enumerated. The prophecy of Simeon, the flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus for three days, meaning Jesus on his way to Calvary, the crucifixion and death of Jesus, the body of Jesus being taken from the cross, and the burial of Jesus. Now, these sorrows are not our own, but they have much to teach us about the Christian endurance of suffering and sorrow. For models of perseverance in faith encourage us in our own struggles. It is as we teach in the Augsburg Confession in the 21st article concerning the saints. For here a threefold honor is to be approved. The first is thanksgiving. For we ought to give thanks to God because he has shown examples of mercy, because he has shown that he wishes to save men, because he has given teachers and other gifts to the church. The second service is the strengthening of our faith. When we see the denial forgiven Peter, we are also encouraged to believe the more that grace truly superabounds over sin. And the third honor is the imitation first of faith, then of other virtues, which everyone should imitate according to his calling. St. Paul's words to the Galatians speak of the monumental significance of the coming of the Christ. For we read in Galatians, the fourth chapter, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Before this, St. Paul tells us, the child was indistinguishable from the slave. In Paul's words, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. We who have been adopted as children of God through baptism into Christ Jesus know sorrows and sufferings in this world. For the incarnation of our Lord is a sign which will be spoken against. Mohammedans, secularists, heretics, and false believers of every stripe rage against the word, and thus rage against the church. But our consolation is the same as that which Anna proclaimed, as we speak of Jesus to all those who look for redemption. For we have life in the midst of a dying world. We have salvation which is not the work of man, but the work of God in flesh. Our hope is not subject to the troubles and contamination and decay of this world, for it is that which the Lord appointed before the world began, that we in the fullness of time would have peace in Christ Jesus, who suffered, died, and rose again for us and for our salvation. As we are in the midst of this holy season of the nativity of our Lord, we rejoice with saints and angels. We hear again of the fulfillment of the divine word and know that we have this precious inheritance on account of our baptism into Christ and our faith in him, a faith which is worked and sustained by the Holy Spirit. In a world of uncertainties and fear, we have a salvation which is unchanging and which speaks a hope which is renewed every day. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son, we may, may be made to abound in good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The people of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone invite you to visit them today for the 10.30 a.m. worship service. Sunday school is available for all ages at 9.30 a.m. 
Salem was located approximately two miles north of Malone, off of FM 308. For more information on Salem Lutheran Church or these broadcasts, you may call the congregation at 533-2330, or visit us on the internet at www.salemlutheranchurch.net. These broadcasts are provided through the support of the members of Salem Lutheran Church of Malone.